0: chapter number 26 this evening and uh, there's two things uh, that a service like this will make you want to do. It's either preach or keep your seat and I'm not going to tell you which way I feel tonight. Amen. And uh, I appreciate the presence of God and uh, the people of God being obedient unto Him and and it is my honest desire um, to be a help to you tonight and I don't take the opportunities that the Lord gives me. Lightly, and I just want to be a blessing and a help. And um, with the Lord's help, we know that that can be accomplished. All right. So, Matthew chapter number 26, and I'll invite you to stand as we look at verse number 47. Matthew 26 and um, verse number 47. Familiar place here in the Word of God. And uh, just kind of want to give you some truth out of this text to be a help to you, okay? Matthew chapter number 26, verse number 47. The Bible said, And while he yet spake, lo, Judas, one of the twelve, came and with him a great multitude with swords and staves from the chief priests and elders of the people. Now he that betrayed him gave them a sign, saying, Whomsoever I shall kiss, that same as he, hold him fast." And forthwith he came to Jesus and said, Hail, Master, and kissed him. And Jesus said unto him, Friend, wherefore art thou come? Then came they and laid hands on Jesus and took him. And behold, one of them which were with Jesus stretched out his hand and drew his sword and struck a servant of the high priest and smote off his ear. Then said Jesus unto him, Put up again thy sword into his place, For all they that take the sword shall perish with the sword. Thinkest thou that I cannot now pray to my Father, and He shall presently give me more than twelve legions of angels? But how then shall the Scripture be fulfilled, that thus it must be? And in that same hour said Jesus to the multitudes, Are you come out uh, as against a thief with swords and staves for to take me? I sat daily with you teaching in the temple, and you laid no hold on me. But all this was done, that the Scriptures of the prophets might be fulfilled. And then all the disciples forsook Him and fled. You can be seated tonight. Let's pray together. Father, we thank You, Lord, for this day. Thank You so much, Lord, for Your goodness to us, Lord. there's there's some days that just stand out to us among others. And, Lord, today's just been a good day, Lord, to feel Your presence and to be with Your people, to be with Your church. And, Lord, we rejoice and we're thankful God, there's a whole lot of places that we could have been born into this world. And there's a whole lot of places where we could find ourselves. But I'm thankful, Lord, through your grace. And God, your direction, even your providence, Lord, you've led us to this place. And God, we've been blessed to be able to be here. And and Lord, at the baptism service today. And Lord, now in the service tonight. And Lord, our heart is full. And Lord, we just want to say thank you. Thank you. I want to thank you, Lord, and we want to tell you that we love you, and we thank you for loving us. And I pray, God, that you'd bless us with your presence. Lord, I pray that you'd make preaching easy. I ask you, Lord, that you'd give us power and unction and liberty. God, I pray, Lord, that you would speak to us and speak speak through us. And, Lord, give us your touch. And, Lord, we know that will make preaching effective. And I pray, Lord, that you'd help us to be a blessing. God, I pray, Lord, that you would help, God, the Word of God tonight, and, Lord, the preaching of the Word of God, Lord, to enrich people's Christian lives and Lord give us a walk that's closer with you greater fellowship, greater communion and Father we'll thank you for it I ask you Lord that you'd forgive me where I've failed you. Lord I'm thankful for your grace and for your forgiveness. Lord I pray that you would help me to stand in the person and the work of the Lord Jesus Christ tonight. hide me behind the cross Father, we plead the blood, Lord, over this service, over this message. We ask you, Lord, that you'd help us in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. when we come to Matthew chapter number 26 tonight, as we've already said, this is a familiar uh, passage of Scripture, but maybe we want to give you something that maybe you've not uh, thought about and maybe you have. But there was something in this text that just uh, stood out to me and I began to study and uh, and to kind of look at this particular instance here, um, in the Garden of Gethsemane, between the Lord Jesus Christ, His disciples, and uh, then that multitude, that band of men that came uh, to arrest Jesus by night, uh, there in the garden. We know that Jesus has been praying with His disciples. We know the story there, how Peter, James, and John, uh, that inner circle as they've been called, they were kind of called away to come closer with the Lord Jesus as He prayed there in the garden. We know how they fell asleep and Jesus came back and found them. And Jesus did not sternly rebuke them, but He did correct them and He did try to encourage them. And then finally, after uh, they had fallen asleep a couple times, Jesus tells them to take their rest And then Judas and those that would take Jesus came. And Judas betrayed the Lord Jesus there. We know that the Bible tells us in verse number 51, As they took hold on Jesus, And behold, one of them which were with Jesus stretched out his hand, and drew his sword, and struck a servant of the high priest, and smote off his ear. We know that to be none other than, Uh, Then Peter and Jesus answers in verse number 52. Then said Jesus unto him, put up again thy sword into his place. For all they that take the sword shall perish with the sword. In other words, in our common language, in our common terminology, we've heard this statement being said before. They that live by the sword shall die by the sword. And that's really the thought that I want to give you tonight. I want to preach for a few moments tonight on living by the sword. Living by the sword. Whenever we consider this text, first and foremost, we need to kind of define just exactly what Jesus is talking about as well as what He's not talking about tonight. Amen. And so the first thing that we find in our text is the principle of the sword. If we look there in verse number 52, Jesus commands him, He tells him, put up again by sword into his place and he said for all they that take the sword shall perish with the sword now we know and we understand that uh, Peter did this kind of on an impulse and we'll talk about that here in just a few moments tonight but Jesus, here is what here is what Jesus is not saying tonight Jesus is not speaking against self defense Jesus is not speaking against protecting others, Jesus is not taking life due to military service, but in fact Jesus tonight is speaking against acts of revenge or taking justice into our own hands, in other words trying to vindicate ourselves or vindicate someone else by playing the role of God in our life or the life of someone else Romans chapter number 13 and verse number 4 tells us this that God has given civil government the authority to execute murderers or to carry out legal punishment for violators of the law amen Uh, we're living in a day where capital punishment is frowned upon amen Uh, but as a matter of fact tonight God is a God who believes in capital punishment. I believe if there was a rise in capital punishment tonight, then there would be a decline in crime. Amen? And while we're on the subject tonight, the police and the government and those that try to uphold the law as far as the executive branch of the government tonight, they're not bad. We're raising up a generation that thinks the police are bad and they're meant to uh, demonize and criminalize the police. Uh, uh, But thank God I was always taught that you respect the police officer when you get pulled over you do what they're asking you to do and it's funny how police brutality just seems to go away like that Uh, amen but the principle of the sword Jesus is talking to us tonight uh, that we are to obey the laws of the land that that the laws of the land are to be carried out John chapter number 18 and verse number 36 Jesus is speaking and he said that his kingdom was not of this world and if it were that His disciples, His servants, would fight and keep Him from being delivered up unto the Jews. But when we read the Word of God, we find out that Christians are not to participate in mobs or riots. We're not revolutionists tonight. Amen. I understand that there are key moments in history where drastic measures must be taken, but we're not to really incite anything like that. We're to live quiet and peaceable lives. That's what the Word of God tells us tonight. And so here Peter is, he takes out this sword and he seeks to do business And he seeks to to enact vengeance tonight And he thinks that he's helping the Lord Jesus Christ But the Lord looks at him and he says, put up thy sword, Peter Put your sword back where it belongs He said, for all they that take the sword shall perish with the sword tonight amen and so first of all tonight we see the principle how this is laid out for us here uh, in the word of God as we define this we're going to take a step further and we're going to try to examine really what was going on in Peter's mind and examine the Lord Jesus's response to him and hopefully we can receive some help from that tonight amen we first saw the Uh, the principle of the sword. But then secondly, we want to labor here for just a little while. We look at the presumption of the sword. There were some things that Peter presumed as he drew that sword and as he uh, tried to uh, really take the life uh, of the servant of the high priest. Now, uh, you'll notice that the Word of God says that he drew out his sword and uh, he cut off the man's ear. I don't believe for a moment that he was aiming for his ear. I believe that he was aiming for his head. Amen. Uh, Peter meant business and Peter meant to do damage. And he aimed for his head, but he hit his ear. Amen. Uh, Jesus tells him to put his sword up uh, because the Lord Jesus Christ was trying to teach Peter just as well as the Apostle Paul would say later on uh, that our battleground is spiritual tonight. Amen. We wrestle not against flesh and blood and principalities and powers. Powers and, and spiritual uh, wickedness in high places. We're not a, in a carnal battle tonight. We're not in a, a physical uh, uh, battle. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal as the Word of God tells us. But we are in a fight tonight. And it is a fight for the ages. It is a fight uh, that represents all of eternity tonight. And it is a fight for the things of God. Is It is a fight uh, for spirituality tonight. Amen. And listen, I believe... Believe this with all of my heart Peter loved the Lord Jesus Christ and Peter wanted to do the right thing and Peter's heart may have started in the right place but his unbridled passion and his zeal got him in trouble How many times have we found ourselves uh, in that place? Boy, you start out as a young Christian or you start out as a young preacher uh, 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 particularly and you're ready to charge hell with a water pistol. Boy, you're ready to set everybody right that's not doing the right thing and your heart is in the right place but your zeal and your passion uh, can can get out of hand and uh, really ultimately it can get you in trouble tonight. Amen. Peter in this text is embodying what we would call the bull. In the China shop mentality, boy, and that's how Peter was. I mean, Peter spoke first and he thought later. Amen. Uh, Peter put his foot into action before his heart and his mind could ever think about the situation and catch up with the rest of him. Amen. And sometimes we set our eyes on things going on, maybe in the world or things going on in the church, and maybe there's a problem or an issue, and maybe we would ask the question, "Well, why? Why wouldn't somebody deal with this? Why, why wouldn't do somebody do?" anything uh, uh, about this. And and sometimes we can put uh, people on our checklist for approval and everything doesn't line up the way that we would want it to. Amen. But listen it's not our job to do that tonight. Amen. It's not our job to live by the sword and and have the mentality that we're going to set everything right tonight. Paul said in Galatians chapter number 5 Uh, and uh, verse number 14 tonight he said this he said for all the laws fulfilled in one word even in this that thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself he said but if you bite and devour one another take heed that you be not consumed one of another this I say then walk in the spirit and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh for the the flesh lusteth against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh these are contrary the one to the other, so that ye cannot do the things that ye would. But if ye be led by the Spirit, ye are not under the law. Amen. He talks about them biting and devouring one another in Galatians. And I think one of the greatest hindrances to the church and one of the greatest hindrances to the people of God this afternoon is friendly fire. Amen. Sometimes we'll kind of size everybody up and we'll put them into our category tonight. And if they don't mark mark all of our uh, items on the checklist and we can't be friends with them and we don't like them, and you know, they must be up to something. But here's what Paul said. He said, you bide and devour one another. Take heed that you be not consumed one of another they had become Christian cannibals tonight they had tried to bide and devour one another kicked each other while they were down but listen God uh, uh, the Apostle Paul uh, called them to being led by the Spirit he called them back to unity tonight I'm glad that the brethren are not our enemy tonight amen uh, listen those that maybe don't do everything exactly the way we do they're not our enemy tonight amen and thank God we're in this fight together hallelujah and we can walk walk together and we can agree and we can agree to disagree on some minor issues and some things and we can still have Christian fellowship tonight. Amen. Amen. You know, it takes a mature individual to be able to look at someone who is different from them and still appreciate them. Amen. To pray for them. To fellowship with them. To walk together with them in fellowship tonight. Amen. Listen. The church has never made advances tonight by physical warfare. The church has never made advances tonight by fighting within our own ranks tonight. When we think about physical warfare and we think about the church as to speak trying to advance, I consider uh, the Catholic Crusades tonight. You remember in history the Catholic Crusades where they would go particularly to Muslim countries and here was their ideology. Their ideology was convert or die. Sometimes maybe we would like to think like that amen and uh, but that's not the way the work, the work of God ought to be accomplished there's no such thing as a holy war tonight amen and trying to defend Christ by physical means is Foolish tonight. Amen. When we look back in Matthew chapter number 26 tonight, what Jesus, I believe, is trying to teach Peter the most and the principal thought and the principal lesson tonight would be this. It's that God does not need our help to accomplish His purposes. Now God wants to use us tonight, amen. But God wants us to be willing vessels. He wants us to be clay within the hand of the potter, amen. And we ought to not get too excited and not get too wound up and try to get ahead of God tonight, amen. Here Peter is, he pulls out the sword. But I've got one question for us tonight. After seeing Jesus perform signs and miracles, And giving sight to the blind and cleansing lepers and making them whole and bringing people back from the dead and calling out for Lazarus to come forth and bringing him back to life. What in the world does Peter think that one sword, what kind of a difference is that going to make? God is big enough to handle uh, His own problems. As a matter of fact, He answers in verse number 53. He said, Thinkest thou that I cannot now pray to my Father, and He shall presently give me more than twelve legions of angels? If you study that and you consider that tonight, twelve legions of angels would have equaled an excess of Of 72,000 angels. They were there ready at the Son of God's disposal. Ready to vindicate the Lord Jesus Christ. Ready to do His bidding. And He did not call upon them tonight. Amen. So what makes us think that God needs our help with the situation? God is big enough to handle His own business. And here Peter was and he got involved at the right time time and you know what happened or excuse me he got involved at the wrong time and not the right time you know what happened tonight somebody else got hurt and every time we insert ourselves into God's business people will get hurt it would be a good idea tonight if I and you would just let God be God this evening let God work those things out that we don't understand. Those people that maybe we've got question marks over their life and we can't figure them out and we don't know all the ins and outs of that. Just let God be God. Amen. Let God work in that person's heart. And better yet let God work in your own heart tonight. Amen. Rather than sizing somebody else. And see where they compare to your list and compare to your standard. Why don't you look to the Word of God? It's like a mirror. And see the reflection of the man looking back at you and allow God to do spiritual inventory in your life and just see where you measure up tonight Amen If We insert ourselves into God's business try to get ahead of God people will get hurt every time You know as a preacher tonight sometimes we have to find the time to say the right thing There may be things that are true, and there may be things that are in the Word of God. And Boy, we may get something in our crawl tonight, and we may get up before the people of God, and we may say something, and it may be the right message, but it may be the wrong spirit tonight. You know what that accomplishes tonight? Absolutely nothing. Because you make them mad, and you grieve God, and you make a bigger mess than what was present before tonight. Amen. Notice this with me thirdly. Notice not only the principle uh, of the sword this evening, but then notice with me thirdly the prospect of the sword. Here's what Jesus said, and this is a big statement in verse number 54. He said, but how then shall the Scriptures be fulfilled that thus it must be? Jesus is telling Peter that there was a purpose in everything that was being done. Here Peter was, he was always the one to kind of, you know, talk Jesus down. Jesus is talking about the cross, and he says, "Not, not so, not so, Lord. Be, be it far from thee. We'll just come on over here, and we'll we'll set up a kingdom, and everything will be great. And you know, Pete, James and John, they can sit at your right hand, and and you know, I can find a place somewhere in the kingdom ministry, and everything will be all right. Don't don't worry about that cross." But what Peter didn't understand is that was the whole reason why he came. That was God's purpose through the whole entire process. He was born for this moment as Judas betrayed him with a kiss. And the multitude came. Little did Peter know, he heard about it, but he didn't really believe it in his heart that Jesus Christ was going to Calvary and that the will of God was going to be accomplished. And listen, Jesus wanted Peter to be along for the ride, but Peter did not need Jesus to give. Jesus did not need Peter to get involved at that particular moment tonight. Amen. Jesus tells Peter in verse number 56, But all this was done, that the Scriptures of the prophets might be fulfilled. Then all the disciples forsook him and fled. But isn't it interesting as Peter, and boy this is really case in point. Here Peter is, he takes out that sword, I don't know where it was, maybe under his cloak or maybe they they had it hid away somewhere, you know, it's just an insurance policy, just in case. Here Peter was, he pulls out that sword, he cuts off Malchus's ear. And as a matter of fact, Luke tells us that uh, Jesus healed Malchus. I don't know if he picked his ear up off the ground or he just touched him or whatever he did, but he healed that man that was there to arrest him and there to take him. But really it's case in point as Peter pulls out the sword and he he tries to kill this man, I believe, and he cuts off the ear of the high priest's servant by the name of Malchus. Jesus tells him to put the sword up. Jesus teaches him a lesson about it. Takes a moment to talk to him about it. And then there in verse number 55, in just a little while, in that same hour, he said to that multitude, Are you come out as against a thief with swords? And staves for to take me. Here the world is. Here the devil's crowd is to do the devil's work. And they're using the same weapon that Peter had that he used at an impulse tonight. Amen. Whenever we act like that, whenever we take matters into our own hands, when we get frustrated, when we try to work everything out on our own, you know who we're really acting like tonight? We're really acting like the world. That's the world's mentality. I want it done my way. I want it done now. Nobody's going to stand in my way. And my purpose is going to be fulfilled. And I'm going to get what I want. And it is going to be accomplished. But there again we say, let God be God. Be still and know that I'm God. That's the principle tonight over and over and over again. As Peter sat there on the mountain and he sat there in the multitudes and he heard the teaching of Christ about turning the other cheek and about giving the cloak along with the coat and going the second mile as a Christian and as a follower of Christ. He heard all of those things Jesus preached over and over and over again. But, G- but Peter completely missed it. God's purpose was being worked out in the arrest of Jesus. And Peter failed to realize this. Why? One writer said this. He said it was because Peter boasted too loudly. He prayed too little. He slept too much. And he acted too fast. He missed the point of what Jesus was trying to teach. But I'm glad tonight that somewhere between the cross and Pentecost, the message finally got through to Peter. I believe tonight it was in John chapter number 21. You remember that Peter said, I go a fishing. And those disciples followed him because of the influence that he had with them. And there Peter was there in the boat. And they saw that stranger there on the shoreline. And he said, children, have you any meat? No. We've toiled, we've labored all night. And he said, cast the nets again. Cast them on the other side. And they did that. And They had so many fish that they all had to pull them up there on the, on the shoreline. And Jesus had them a meal waiting. A little campfire and fish and bread. And there by that fire, Jesus taught Peter some principles and some lessons that he would never forget. He said, lovest thou me? He said, thou, thou knowest. He said, lovest thou me? He said, Lord, you, by the third time, you can hear the frustration as you read the text. Lord, you know. You know all things. You know that I love you. And What did he tell him to do? He told him to feed his lambs, feed his lambs and feed his sheep tonight. Amen. Peter stopped. He finally came to the place where he stopped trying to, to prove himself. Even in that text, Jesus tells him how he's going to die. And he's still worried about John. He's still got his eyes on somebody else. Still trying to stick his nose where it don't belong tonight. And Jesus says, well, what's it, what is it to you if he, he lives until I come? What is it to you tonight? And Peter finally got to the place where he just had to stop worrying about everybody else. And he had to take inventory to himself tonight. Whenever we look at the text and we see how this all ends, here's what he said again in verse number 56. He said, but all this was done that the Scriptures might be fulfilled. Then all the disciples forsook him and fled. Here Jesus is and he teaches Peter this lesson. And we see later on that he, that he understood it and he got it. But what does Peter do? Peter heals that man's ear. Peter, or excuse me, Jesus heals that man's ear and Jesus undoes the damage that Peter does. You know, living by the sword tonight causes a lot of damage. Living by the sword tonight causes a lot of issues that don't even need to be there or don't even need to happen in the first place. But how how do we correct the things that we've done? How do we how do we Uh, repair the damage that we've done the fact is tonight is we don't do it at all but we come to the Savior and we come to the God who's able to fix our mess ups and fix our problems tonight amen living by the sword can be undone what do we have to do we've got to put down the sword and we've got to listen to the voice of the Savior once again tonight amen have you been living by the sword are you impulsive tonight do you have a, a problem waiting on the Lord a lot of us find ourselves in a waiting place. A lot of us find ourselves in a place where we want God to do something, don't we? We're always looking for the next stage and, and we ought to be proactive in that. We ought to be seeking the will of God tonight. But can I encourage you, just serve where you're at. That's a lesson I'm having to learn myself. Just serve where you're at. Do the will of God. Don't try to be God and don't try to, don't try to steer the work of God with your own hand. But just let God be God tonight, amen. While we stand, while they come with a song, if you need help tonight, would you come?